Welcome to another episode of Erstwhile. It's the podcast where we're talking about season three of FX's show Fargo. I'm Dirk. I'm Johnny. And today we are talking about episode seven. I can't believe we're this far into the season already. I know. Uh, this one's called The Law of Inevitability. And Johnny, do you want to give us a quick recap? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so Gloria and Winnie um, start investigating Ray's death, uh, starting, starting at his apartment. Nikki is arrested at her motel room as Mimo watches from a distance. Uh, back at St. Cloud's police head- headquarters, she's questioned by Chief Mo Damick who suspects that she killed Ray in retaliation for um, domestic abuse. Nikki doesn't say anything and requests a lawyer. Um, Winnie's supervisor orders her to return to traffic duty, but asks Gloria, who is currently out of her jurisdiction, to leave his precinct. Um, She presents her facts about the case so far before asking Winnie to head over to Emmett's and tell him about his brother, but also to kind of measure his reaction. Emmett leaves late, or Emmett arrives late uh, for a dinner with uh, with Ruby Goldfarb and Cy, clearly distracted um, throughout the scene. Winnie shows up, tells Cy first, then Emmett, um, that Ray is dead. Emmett, uh, tries to kind of give her his alibi before she even <laughs> is able to tell him that his brother is dead. Um, and he also suggests that Nikki killed Ray. So he and Sai leave the restaurant, and Winnie goes uh, to talk to the widow Goldfarb. Um, Emmett later asks Sai if he was working with Ray, which Sai denies. Um, and it seemed like they kind of came to an understanding at that point. Varga, inside Emmett's home, asks Emmett how he feels. Emmett says he feels more free now that Ray is dead. An mm-hmm. attempt is made on Nikki's life in the, j- in the jail cell by none other than DJ Qualls. Um... <laughs> But Gloria saves her. I'm not sure exactly how she got in because she was having a lot of trouble getting back there. But she so- shows up at just the right time. Um, the uniformed assassin, however, makes a clean getaway. Nikki, thankful for Gloria saving her life, um, tells her and the chief to follow the money. And that's basically all she would say for whatever reason. Um, but having violated parole, the chief puts Nikki on a bus back to the state prison. Um, She sits behind a surprise guest that we can talk about a little bit later. Uh, However, on the way to the prison, Yuri causes the bus to crash and starts breaking into it while it's flipped with um, a few accomplices waiting on the outside. And that was the episode. Yeah, shit's really starting to hit the fan now, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's let's just start at the beginning. Sure. Um, let's talk about Gloria and Winnie's investigation into Ray's death. Yes. So uh, we see Mo kind of, I, I don't know, do his thing where he just 
looks at something and takes it exactly at face value or assumes what, you know, what the most average situation could be. Yeah, or what the easiest explanation is. Not easy as in simplest maybe, but easy as in easy for him. Right. He takes one look at at Ray and he even talks about it when he's questioning Nikki. You know, what's a a woman like her doing with a guy with a hillbilly haircut and forget what else he says. Yeah. But he's he's not too kind to Ray's appearance. Uh, and then makes the assumption that because he's the parole officer, because Ray was Nikki's parole officer, that she's just using him. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, you and I have talked about this in the show too, whether or not we believe that she's fully committed. But I think honestly, at this point, she, she actually did have feelings for him. Yeah. I, I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, I think I, I tweeted about this earlier in the week, but this, this episode in particular just made me think men are the worst. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cause Gloria, I think posed a very solid case and explained everything perfectly, but the guys are just, again, going for that easiest option. Oh, it's a domestic abuse case. She finally snapped case closed yeah and um in zach handlin's review for um the av club he mentioned uh that for him there's a fine line sort of between a well-written character who's intentionally frustrating and hard to watch say someone like you know the the fake larry david on curb or um you know either boss in either iteration of the office although michael kind of softens over the years in that show yeah but he contrasts that kind of character with a character who's just frustrating and unpleasant to watch because he's poorly written and Mm -hmm. that kind of seems that kind of feels like where chief damick is at this point um like i don't see the point of him other than to put an obstacle in gloria's path so that she doesn't figure it out too quickly you know what I mean? Yeah, I I definitely agree. It feels more and more like he's just difficult for the purpose of being difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing really exciting or interesting to watch, usually when he's on, <laughs> on the screen. He's just being an asshole and, like, getting in the way of, of everything. He's... And... Um, like at least with Bob Odenkirk's character uh, in season one, mm-hmm. yeah, he got in the way for sure, but he was funny. You know, yeah. he's kind of a buffoon. Um, and even, I'm just, I'm not taken by this. Yeah, even Winnie's boss, even though he dismisses her almost immediately, is willing to listen to Gloria and to kind of change the way he might necessarily handle a situation based on the evidence she's presented he doesn't Mm -hmm. go out of his way to make her welcome or to give her access but he doesn't just outright um reject everything she has to say yeah definitely and even when she was talking to chief damick and winnie's boss 
uh, Damick interrupts at one point and says something like, oh, she likes to think she's the smart one. <laughs> like, you asshole. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> let her say her piece at least. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's threatened by her. That's true. I hadn't really come at it from that angle, but you're right. Here's someone who has been her own boss for a long time, does things very differently from him, mm-hmm. and who's getting results. Right. Um, and he's supposed to be her new boss structurally, but you're right. I think he sees, he possibly sees something in Gloria that threatens kind of not just his authority, but just who he's his built fragile himself masculinity, up to be. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit more about Nikki. Uh, so she's arrested early on. And that was one of those things where I was like, what is happening? How did this happen so quickly? But because they kind of give us uh, a glance of Mimo, it seems pretty obvious from that that Mimo must have, you know, maybe given an anonymous tip to the police. Yeah. Um, so that they're able to find Nikki fairly quickly. Uh, so she's in custody right away, which I didn't expect. I think from a plot perspective after last episode i was thinking nikki was gonna go on the run Mm -hmm. um but she's arrested right away um questioned by chief damick really poorly (laughs) sorry we have nothing positive to say about chief damick um he tries to kind of like i don't know where his head is at exactly but he tries to kind of like shock her with the photos of Ray's corpse and it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it shakes her a little bit. Um, but I, I really don't know. I don't know what he expected to get out of her right away. Um, like maybe I've watched too much homicide life on the street or <laughs> law and order SVU but when you're dealing with a victim of abuse, it would seem like the easiest way to get them to confess would first to be established that the abuse happened, and that, right. that what they did wasn't necessarily quote unquote wrong. You know, not maybe as a detective, you still think it's wrong, but as as a detective, you're trying to get them to admit something because that's mm-hmm. going to save you a lot of trouble down the road in admission. Um. So even even his interview skills are just terrible. Like, I don't understand how he's gotten this far as a cop. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> it's his military past. Yeah, I I kind of feel like this character rides on his military career. Yeah, that's true. And whoever hires him just sees that is like, oh well, he was in the military. Then I think he'll do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I was, uh, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on Ray is killed in his apartment mm-hmm. and Gloria has been on the outside of the apartment, but up until that point, does she, kn- okay. Yeah. At some point she had figured out, I'm kind of working this through in my head as I'm talking. Sorry. <laughs> at some point she had figured out that Ray was involved with a parolee and that that parolee was the one that was renting 
the other apartment where the air conditioner fell out of the window. But how, how much did she know about Nikki at this point before she was trying to get him to talk to her, I guess is my question. I don't know if it's answerable. I don't, I don't know if she did know that Nikki had rented the apartment with the air conditioner. I don't remember okay. that being revealed. Of course, maybe, you know, I slept on it or something, but <laughs> um, I don't think she knows a lot about Nikki at this point. Okay. All, I, I think the most she knows is I, she obviously made the connection that she was uh, raised parole, parolee and um, they were romantically involved. But beyond that, I don't I don't think anything else had been sort of like figured out yeah um i mean that's probably one of the reasons the many reasons she wants to get in to talk to her Mm -hmm. um so the scene where someone tries to kill nikki later on in the jail cell um that's one of varga's men i'm assuming is that a safe assumption i i assume the same thing okay so Varga sends someone in to kill Nikki, cuts the camera feed somehow, which means there's someone else involved too. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his purpose at this point in killing Nikki? Wow, that's a good question. I, I'm not entirely sure on Does that. Does she just know too much? But. I don't even think he knows that she knows as much as she does. Like she's, she's suspicious of the two men that beat her up. Not just suspicious in a, I need vengeance kind of way, but suspicious in a, they were there to intimidate Psy and by intimidating Mm -hmm. Psy, intimidating Emmett. She's also put together that Emmett probably went to someone for a loan and that those folks are trying to either she might be under the impression those folks are trying to get their money back she doesn't know exactly she doesn't know who varga is and she doesn't know exactly how varga is involved with the business but she knows that there's money involved which is why she says follow the money um but it just it feels a lot like varga trying to wrap up a loose end is just making things worse on himself at this point because he's throwing suspicion on someone other than Nikki. Right. By trying to kill her. (laughs) I do think though that it, it won't be immediately clear to Gloria or Winnie that Varga is behind that attempted murder. Sure. Um, I mean, they don't even know his name yet. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so he is he is pretty safe for the time being. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know why he would try to to kill her. Maybe and this is just me kind of thinking out loud right now, but so this guy comes in pretending to be a police officer but really came in to to drug her, you know, or to the point of killing her. mm mm-hmm. Mhm make it look like she had something in her system maybe Mm. so when the feeds come back up she's just lying dead in the cell 
and we know how poorly conclusions are drawn yeah that's with, true with with day make so you'd probably say oh yeah she's she's probably on something at that point and you know close the book on it yeah even when he saw the the syringe he was like how do we know she didn't bring it in somehow exactly so yeah i could see that looking like either a suicide or uh an accident to him for sure um well before we get to the bus crash i kind of want to save that for last let's kind of walk through emmett and sai yes where does emmett's story start here so the way i kind of understood it is he's coming directly from ray's house okay so after talking to to varga he met with varga varga's crew Mm -hmm. kind of cleaned it up so it didn't look like him it was there at all right and he went directly to Sai and ruby goldfarb Mm -hmm. and that's why he was acting so goddamn weird in this in this episode Okay, I I kind of have a a problem with Ewan McGregor's accent. We've talked about it on the show. Um, But in this episode, just, I don't know, Emmett Stussy as a whole was almost unbearable for me to watch. Really? It was so bad. Like, mm, And I, I can watch a lot of cringeworthy things, but this was just too much. Um, And I think... You know, it's that was a very purposeful decision in the show. I don't think it was just like poor acting. He was supposed to be like kind of edgy and not edgy as in cool, but edgy as in like very nervous. And, yes. Um, I don't know, just so shifty. Um, because not only had he just killed his brother. He had also just committed to covering it up and blaming someone else. Yeah. Um, and he's just not... His his intellect hasn't quite caught up with his emotions at this point. Yes. Because <laughs> um, he loved his brother. I think we could see that pretty clearly. Yeah. In previous episodes. Even though he was a pain in the ass to him, there was still some bonds there. Um and he hasn't even he hasn't even had a chance to even speak with Sai about it at this point cuz like you said he's coming right from the murder scene. Mm-hmm. So his best friend in the world doesn't even know what's happened yet. Um and here he is trying to sit down with Ruby Goldfarb and possibly <laughs> sell his business but yeah. also use the dinner as an alibi exactly should anyone which he very loudly does yes <laughs> later on <laughs> so when winnie comes in like you said very loudly gives his alibi <laughs> before she even is able to tell him <laughs> that ray is dead so even though gloria is kind of a salt of the earth type i think she gets it right away that there's something weird going on oh for sure yeah um well there's at one point when emmett is talking to winnie um he says something about like implying that it was a murder and winnie just gave him a very confused look and said i 
I didn't say anything about that or yeah. Um, so obviously flags were going up at that point. And, um, conversely, I really enjoyed Sai in this episode. Yes. Uh, just watching him try to smooth things over between Goldfarb and Winnie. Um, he was just like on it, you know, he was on crowd control. Um, and it, it got a little iffy there when he, when Emmett was talking to Winnie, um, and, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, we've, we've had a lot to drink tonight. And, you know, was trying to make excuses for why Emmett was acting so weird, but... not knowing exactly why Emmett was acting so weird too. Exactly. Just trying yeah. to be a good friend. Yeah, I think um, Michael Stolbarge did a really great job this episode, especially the scene after the dinner for him where he just goes home and starts crying. Well, before that even, um, the scene when they're they're both sitting in the car, Emmett and Cy, and Emmett starts to, like, you know, accuse Cy of teaming up with Ray. And... Sai does a really good job of just shutting it down. Um, you know, he's, he seems like kind of a meek person. Not really one to, like, you know, get up in arms about things. But he really stood his ground, and I, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, and he brings he said, up... He said something like, you know, you think that I, I want to team up with your your brother and his... I, I forget how he worded it, syphilactic or syphilactic girlfriend, floozy girlfriend, to make millions into thousands. Where's the math in that? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, a good point. Right. And but, I mean, he comes, he comes out of that conversation. I mean, at the at the dinner, he's trying to get, he's trying to push Emmett to a point where. Emmett sees the logic and how much danger they're in, the logic in selling to Goldfarb. Mm-hmm. Even if it means missing out on some money down the road. Sai is just trying, with all his worth, to find Emmett and out so that they can just get away from Varga. Yes. And everything that comes along with Varga. So. Now- I don't know about you, but as I was watching this episode and, you know, he was pushing Emmett really hard to to just offload the business onto Goldfarb. And at at first thought, you know, I think that's a really good idea. Um, But I also can't help but think that Varga would still stick to them. In some way. Regardless of whether or not they still own the business, he would still be connected to them do you think that would be feasible or do you think that he would move on with stussy lots possibly with Emmett in some way because Emmett would be fairly richer at that point that's true and he's already kind of sold Varga's already kind of sold Emmett on taking what he has and you know growing it mm-hmm. so yeah I could see that happening somehow because um, Varga's definitely got his claws in Emmett and yeah. you see that in the scene where Varga's kind of waiting for Emmett to come, waiting for Emmett at Emmett's house. 
that was so so damn creepy. Yeah. When Sai looked up and there's Varga in the window just watching his Hummer. Um ugh. God. I just I don't know. Creeps me out. And Varga what is forget what he recited. Um, oh, the the crooked rhyme. Yeah, not quite Carly Rae Jepsen. But <laughs> <laughs> lyrics to something, to some old limerick. Yeah. Also, the, the thought of Varga having a mother is very weird. Really? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm, I mean, we've talked about how he's just evil. Like, that's his defining quality. So it's easy for me not to think of him as having a childhood or a mother <laughs> or just like things that we would normally have. And yeah. so, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of surreal to, to hear him talk about something like that. Um, so Emmett admits to Varga that he feels free now that Ray is dead. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what's going through Emmett's mind at that point, only because, like, does he think this is a win? Because he's had a, a series of losses to this point in the last few episodes. That's Things true. have not been going his way. Um, and maybe that's why he thinks that's why he feels free that at the very least his fight with his brother is sort of off the table mm -hmm. he also seems to kind of have just in his interaction with ruby goldfarb has also seemed that he's moved on from his wife too like that that's over oh yeah that he's either doesn't want to or doesn't think it's worth the time to try to get her back so the, the the rate at which he's moving on is just a little scary to me like i would agree he's almost all in with varga like even though he and sai had a fairly productive conversation i could see him turning on sai still if varga wants that to happen yeah i think Emmett is at a point in his life where he's very vulnerable and very open to being manipulated. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, I don't think it would take a lot to, for Varga to convince Emmett that Sai is trying to work against him. Mm -hmm. And I really wonder, last episode I had said, I think Sai will be the next one to bite the bullet. But mm. I can kind of see it being a 50-50 prop proposition at this point between Sai getting murdered... And Sai, because of the way he broke down um, in this episode, just kind of going to the police, just giving oh. up and coming clean. Interesting. Because um, he obviously has a huge weight on him right now. Yeah. And even with Ray out of the picture, I mean, that was the least of his troubles, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I could see him, especially if Gloria and Winnie go to talk to him one more time, possibly breaking. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I th I think that makes a lot of sense. Just his <laughs> his his poor wife, you know, like just getting his coat off, putting a sweater on, <laughs> asking him if he wants some butterscotch pudding, and he just breaks down about the world. <laughs> yeah, what's what was what she say? She asked him, "What's wrong, honey?" Yeah, and he just says, "The world. <laughs> it looks like my world, but it it's." different or something yeah. like that um so all of that i think kind of brings us to the last few minutes of the episode mm -hmm. with nikki getting on the prison bus that will take her back to the state prison and when i was watching this uh i did not recognize the person she sat down next to as being from the first season i recognized the music from the first season but i i had to go on wikipedia to um figure out who it was she sat down next to okay so i was i was trying to figure out who it was too he looked familiar but i couldn't place him so he's mr wrench the deaf assassin from season oh. one so okay. not, not only does Mr. Wrench tie this back to season one, his presence here ties it to season two. Because at the very end of season two, Hansy saves Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers when they were kids from a couple of bullies. Mm -hmm. um, and Hansy gives them the, um, the same speech that one of the mob bosses in season one gives to the rest of the, the Fargo mob, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, implying that Hansy grows up to be one of the mob bosses in Fargo. So in season one, and I, I had to look again because I've never rewatched season one. In season one, Moses Tripoli is the character that Hansy ends up becoming. Right. Part of the Fargo mob that must have eventually somehow pushed out or become a part of the Kansas City Corporation. But Kansas City isn't mentioned at all in season one. Their mob is killed. Most of their mob is killed by Malvo when Malvo finds out that they're trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. Malvo also ends up killing um, his partner mr numbers but lets mr wrench go and i don't i honestly i can't remember why for whatever reason but here we are six years later six years after season one and mr wrench is on the same bus i mm. hope it's not a small nod for a couple of reasons one um i'm not ready for nikki to die <laughs> oh no uh, I think it made sense having Ray die so quickly, even though it was kind of shocking, only because Ewan McGregor is, has his two roles. So killing off one of his roles midway through the <laughs> season isn't that shocking from a casting perspective. Um, but yeah, she's she's sort of the linchpin for Gloria. Uh, so having her die in the next episode would be really disappointing. It would make yeah. it that much harder for Gloria to solve the case. Um, and it would kind of 
so far, like you had said earlier, so many of the men in this season are just so dumb. So I don't want any <laughs> of the dumb men <laughs> to win. Right. Especially if it means killing one of the smart women. It would just seem like a huge disappointment. Yeah, I don't think her story is over just yet. I think she's she's still got some more time in this season. At least, I really hope. Yeah. Um, and the other reason I, I hope there's a little bit more to Mr. Wrench being there is that we get to see uh, a new sort of player in the game. Not necessarily Mr. Wrench, but his bosses too. Like, does the Fargo mob still exist? Mm-hmm. Is the Kansas City mob still in existence? Like, who... If Mr. Wrench was just recently arrested, what's he been doing these past few years? Who's he been working for? These are things that are that interest me. They might not interest Noah Hawley. I don't know. But I, <laughs> I want to know what's happened to Mr. Wrench in the meantime. So I'm yeah. hoping his story is only just beginning here in this, this season. Me too. I think that would be that would be a pretty cool crossover. Um, so what else was there? I think that's it for most of the plot points. Did we miss anything? No, I think we covered it. Um, who do you think, uh, in the, in the next couple episodes, uh, that we're not going to see anymore, like most likely to least likely, who do you think is, is going to get killed? Um, I mean... Let's start out with who I think is going to die before the series is over. Then I can kind of decide who. Uh, I don't think Emmett's going to make it out alive. I don't think Psy is going to make it out alive. Though I I have a little more hope for Psy now than I did an episode Mm -hmm. ago. Um, Someone, either Varga or Yuri or Mimo, probably more so Varga is probably going to bite it. Though that won't happen probably yeah. till the last episode of the season. So I don't know. That's really tough. Um, maybe Chief Damick? <laughs> I wouldn't mind Fingers crossed. That, personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know if Emmett's going to get killed. If they really want to do this in the, the Coen Brothers tradition, you know make it kind of dark he lives and he turns into a billionaire but he's also miserable and paranoid because he's always going to be looking over his shoulder for people like Varga or the IRS finding out that he's laundering money mm-hmm. um, all of the, the wealth is going to come at a price and he won't be as invisible as Varga might have originally promised Mm -hmm. one point that i'll make really quickly and then just kind of refer uh everyone to go read um alan seppenwall's latest review of the last episode he talks a little bit about season three repeating some things from season one and i don't want to go through it all word for word but one point we didn't touch on plot wise was when um 
Yuri kind of sneaks into the library. Oh, yeah. Donnie sees him there and, you know, asks him to leave. And Yuri kind of intimidates him out of it. Like, yeah. beat for beat, <laughs> that was similar to season one, where Malvo intimidates Gus into not giving him whatever it was, a ticket or something. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where it sort of feels like a lot of this stuff is intentional. Like, these aren't accidental repeatings of either scenes or archetypes or whatever. Mm -hmm. That he's kind of intentionally echoing season one. I hope there's a larger point to it. But, yeah. Seppenwall's column kind of points out some more of the, the different similarities between the seasons and it's just an interesting read because of that yeah that sounds good there is also an interview um with uh winnie the actress olivia sandoval oh nice on the hollywood reporter that daniel feinberg did he usually interviews someone after each episode um someone involved with the show that's a really good one that you shall check out and I'll save... No, I'll just say one more thing. Because okay. <laughs> we haven't gone on too long. But this is this will be a good note to wrap up on. Also, on The Hollywood Reporter, um, Lacey Rose interviewed John Landgraf, mm -hmm. who's the president of the FX Network. And she asked him um, how many more seasons of Fargo we should expect. And his response to her was, there may be, there may never be another season of Fargo. He be, he's basically saying, unless Noah has a really good idea for the next season that builds on the success of the show, mm -hmm. that um, this could be the last season we see. Which is just interesting. Interesting. Because yeah. we were talking about... I mean, we've, we've talked about some of our disappointments with the show this season, even though it's still very good television it does mm -hmm. seem to be repeating itself at times we talked a little bit uh, after the la episode talked a little bit about how it would be interesting to see the show go elsewhere mm -hmm. could still be fargo thematically and still follow characters from this you know region of the country but placed elsewhere um, right but it's interesting that from their perspective they have no future plans for the show it's sort of like in the same area Louis is. Like, if Louis C.K. wants to come back for another season <laughs> and has a good enough reason, right? we'll definitely air it right here on FX. But until that happens, yeah, just, just going to let it lie. Open invitation. Which works really well for an anthology show because you couldn't do that with a show like The Office or even another FX show like The Americans. Yeah. You couldn't just lay off your cast and oh, say, God. we might see you again in four years if these guys get an idea. Because who knows where they're going to be attached three exactly. or four years from now. Yeah. So just a little interesting tidbit from behind mm. the scenes. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it, though. If Noah Hawley just wants to leave Fargo with these three seasons and that's it, awesome. You know, better sure. that than trying to draw it out for another four and it just gets really bad mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm okay with being pleasantly surprised somewhere down the road 
where he decides to make another season. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's that's smart planning, if that is the case. Yeah. And if, so. if it is, it'll be even more interesting to see how they weave um, the Fargo Mafia and the remnants of the Kansas City crew into the last few episodes. Because mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you now that Mr. Numbers is in the show, you could really wrap up threads from the other two seasons sort of into a nice little bow, wash your hands and say, yeah. that was it. Here's my story. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think that covers it. I feel like we covered it pretty well. All right. Well, um, we've got how many more episodes in I this know, season? I know it goes 10 episodes, so that's three left, I think. Three left, man. So we're going to really see some action in the next three episodes. And who knows? Maybe we'll get another season. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Only Holly knows. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, I'm going to say it. Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay, then.